I always like the surprise humor, like giving, like being chill and and then giving something uh, that people just didn't expect that they go, oh, I didn't, you know, see that funny coming, which is what I used to do when I was on, you know, like panel shows. Uh, I would kind of lay low, be quiet, listen, and then boom, hit them with like some kind of fun, unexpected joke. Welcome to the Gary Scott Thomas Show. Here's what we know. The podcast with unexpected conversations. Listen each week as we engage in unscripted conversations where we'll be just as surprised as you will be with where the dialogue goes. So join us each week and be privy to the captivating conversations that are sure to ensue. Here's your host, Gary Scott Thomas. You know, waffles never sound bad, do they? They always have that, you know, this is how you start your day kind of feel. Well, but now we're both from the South, right? You you did the North Carolina thing. I am from, I'm from L.A., what we like to call Lower Alabama. <laughs> All right, nice. So, so, but so now you're, when it comes to breakfast, I think that's what the South does best. Everybody wants to talk about fried chicken. They want to talk about, it. I think breakfast is the best thing we do. I mean, listen, it is. So good. There's nothing tastier, but boy, uh, have I gotten lectured from my wife about that's not how you start your day. (laughs) Oh my God. Is she one of those? Oh, we're going to have granola and an apple and peanut butter. And why did you put a ring on that? Why? Why did you do that fortune? You know, I got, I, I need somebody to keep me alive. <laughs> you know, at, at this stage, you know, you, I work out because I'm, I'm much older than you and I've got young kids. This is the face of optimism, right? And so I work out, there's offense when you're trying to look good and there's defense when you're trying not to die. I am completely on the defensive mode now. <laughs> Well, like whatever it takes, right? I mean, you know, I, uh, I I definitely love some food. Did you ever have anything called tomato gravy in North Carolina, or is that just an Alabama Florida thing? I feel like that might be an Alabama thing. It, it, they put tomato in the the gravy. Well, they make a gravy out of tomatoes, right? So you stew the tomatoes and you and, and put water in it and salt and stuff. Listen, we were dirt poor. We weren't just the, hey, we don't have a new car every other year. We were, I'm talking cardboard walls poor. So it's, it's it, so, you know, grits and tomato gravy, I, I loved them. I, I now realize it's because we had like 17 cents in the bank and that's all we had to play with. Yeah, you know, the, when you don't have money, you have to make those that that money stretch. And I feel like people uh, back where I'm from, same thing. My mom was a teacher, so uh, single mom. And so in summers, it would get, you know, it would get pretty lean. So you kind of have to stretch things out and make it work. We were damn near vegetarians and didn't realize it because we couldn't afford meat. How about y'all? Uh, for us, it was, uh, we, there was never much fresh milk in the fridge. <laughs> you had to, you had to smell it before you used it. Have you ever had powdered milk? That's the question. That's when you know, that's the demarcation line when you've had powdered milk. No, I never, we never went to the, to the powdered milk. Oh my God. You grew up rich. I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> 
I know I'm I'm just a bougie LA gal now. <laughs> How much fun is it? Because you know everybody wants to think it's an overnight success story. Everybody always does, and it's it, now with the event of social media, it does get there. But that's not your case. How much fun is it? You are everywhere on everything, and you've earned it because you're hilarious. But I mean, you've been. How much fun is that now? I mean, it's it's very rewarding because I've been in Los Angeles for 20 years now. I've worked my butt off. I came from a small town of 10,000 people and, you know, as far from LA and Hollywood as you could get. I didn't have, you know, anybody showing me the way or telling me what, you know, how to do this and have those connections. And so, you know, I really did build this from the ground up. And I, I, if anyone knows what I look like, I don't look like a typical person who is on television. Uh, as you can hear from my accent, I'm not a typical person that's on television uh, in that way either. And so I just feel like I, I did have to overcome so many odds to be in the position that I'm in. And I, I attribute that to just, uh, working my butt off, you know, trying to get better at comedy, a little luck here and there. And, and I'm really grateful that I'm at this part of it where, you know, I'm working steady and people are coming to see me do shows. And it, it really does blow my mind. Every time I do a show, there's two or 3000 people in the audience. And I go, I just can't believe that I'm here. It's, it's really wild. Fox Theater in Oakland, October 21st. That's your chance to see a Fortune Famester. I am thrilled to welcome Beck Shoes to Here's What We Know. And I know Beck Shoes. All of the Bay Area does. They continue to grow. Find out for yourself with the Beck Shoes difference. When you visit, it'll be an experience that, frankly, you're not used to. You won't have to find a shoe yourself. I at best have someone find a size, and that's the last you see of them. Beck Shoes will accurately measure your feet. Then they will 3D scan your feet. You heard me. 3D scan. And then they will make sure your shoes are custom fit just for your feet. And you'll have over 75 brands and thousands of styles to choose from. Work boots, dress shoes, casual wear, sports gear. It's at Beck Shoes waiting for you. To find a location, just visit BeckShoes.com. Whether for work or play, they have your feet covered at Beck Shoes. You're talking about you got your Netflix special, Good Fortune. You got the Mindy Project. I mean, some of the things you've been on. Two Broke Girls, Office Christmas Party, Yes Day, Father of the Year. I mean, you're doing the voice of Counselor Jerry in, uh, in Seoul. Is voiceover work the best of all all the gigs? Oh, it's so cool! It's it's such a great job that like everyone in Hollywood wants to try and, and tries to get because uh, you know you can wear whatever you want. You don't have to have makeup on. It's so fun. You're doing all these these crazy voices and and yeah, I love it. I and that Pixar, you know, uh, working with them. I mean, uh, I got to go up there in Oakland and and uh, visit the campus and meet everybody. I mean, that, I was like a kid in a candy store there. And they do it right. I mean, I would I would imagine the snack table is pretty epic. Oh, my gosh. It, it, yeah, it was unbelievable. And, and, you know, I had such a tiny part in the movie, and they made me feel so special. Uh, they even they knew I had nephews. They brought me some some stuff for them. They showed me around. All the animators have these like booths that they've like made into like bunkers or like a Hawaiian theme or like a 
um, airplane that's gone down. I mean, they're so creative. And I, I just couldn't believe that they were like taking that kind of time with even someone like me, who, who was such a small part of that. Isn't it the irony of life? Is it the moment that you can afford the swag, they give it to you? <laughs> that does that does tend to happen, you know. There was a lot of times where I couldn't afford it. I couldn't have afforded any of that, so it was like, you know, that's just yeah, that's one of life's great ironies. Well, and I love. I tell you what. Here's what my 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 take on your superpower is. Like you need to know from me, but still, every okay. day, every yeah, day, no, I, I love it. Every day is we need to learn something, right? I think you have simply the be- best dead eye stare in 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 today in today's comedy in today's acting. Oh your, wow! I've never your, heard your dead eye stare. You know, like when you look at people. Remember when you were doing the the thing about being at Hooters or the Tuesday stripper, and you looked at the guy and I said, "I see you, but but your dead eye stare." And you'll do it every now and then, like when you're talking about, like when your mom's calling about. Remember, remember, don't you remember so and so? Your dead eye stare is what makes everything work. Oh, I appreciate that. I mean, that's when you, you know, when you're doing a live show, you're kind of performing to the, you know, people in the very back row. It's big. It's, you know, you're kind of moving all over the, all, all over the place. But when you're filming that, that material, it's all about you and the camera. It's all about the, the face and what, what's going on with your eyes. And, and yeah, I kind of, I tried to like, hone in on that like what is my face doing right now and how can I convey funny through that well you can hear your stare <laughs> wow that's so cool no one's ever said that to me so well, that, that is uh, neat to hear fortune ask your wife about your dead eye stare Trust me, that's something you did not learn. That's not something you created out of anywhere. That's just something that you accentuated. It's like putting makeup on your eyes. My wife tells me you can't make eyes pretty. You can only make them prettier. Oh, that's true. That's true. Well, you know, listen, I'll, I, at this point, I'll take anything to make whatever part of my body I could use to make people laugh. I'll use it. I tell you, not to rehash all your old bits, but when you said I'm a Tuesday night stripper, oh my gosh. Oh, you gotta my. work your way up, you know, to the weekends. <laughs> what were you like in high school? I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, you know, I was, and I'll tell you this, because I was grew up in the South too. I was funny, but I think it was defensive. I think I felt like I needed to be funny to not be picked on too much because I was the poor fat kid. What were you like? I mean, I had moments where I would be really funny and I would let that part of my personality out, but I definitely kept it under wraps. It wasn't like that I was the class clown and making people laugh constantly. I would I would be like kind of quiet, more of the observer, although I was friends with everybody. I always like got along with people well. Um and then uh and then every now and then I would just like break out some impression from like Saturday Night Live and make people laugh and they would be like, where's that come from? So I always like the surprise humor, like giving, like being chill and, and then giving something uh, that people just didn't expect that they go, Oh, I didn't, you know, see that funny coming, which is what I used to do when I was on, you know, like panel shows. Uh, I would kind of, Lay low, be quiet, listen, and then boom, hit him with like some kind of fun 
unexpected joke. Will it be something, because, I mean, as your acting career has taken off, I mean, because you're getting more and more of these credits. And, and hey, we're thrilled you're going to be at the Fox Theater in Oakland October 21st. Thrilled about that. But Me too. Would, would it be, could you see yourself ever walking away from stand-up if, if the acting career just, because stand-up comes with its own kind of pressures, right? Even as you get bigger, you know, you, I would think that you want to deliver for the audience even more than they want you to when it gets the crowds get bigger. I mean, stand-up is probably one of the more difficult mediums for sure. The writing part is the most difficult. Trying to figure out what you want to say and craft it into a a cohesive hour is not easy. And then the road is really hard. It's tough on your body. I could see myself maybe at some point not being on the road as much, but I think stand-up will always be part of my career just because it's the one medium that you have complete control over it's a way to connect to your audience without any middleman. Um, and I really love that part of of my business. And I think it's the thing that has made people get to know me the most and, and uh, understand who I am as a person. So it's something that I, I really appreciate. But I love that I have acting as well. I've been acting uh, pretty steady now for the last eight years. I've been lucky to consistently be booking jobs and so I, I hope they'll always kind of go hand in hand with each other are you kind of are you not to say you're in that stratosphere but i mean you're starting as, as an outsider looking in you're starting to get to that kevin hart place where kevin hart's becoming really known for his acting but he still does stand-ups but now i'm just going to do two or three big theaters a year i mean listen i'm not making that kind of money i mean he's <laughs> but you know uh, if, if I can like be successful in stand up and then also film some really cool movies, I mean, I think that's the sweet spot, right? I mean, he's just like doing so much. He's like in all these huge movies. Uh, and I just keep trying to build my acting career that I keep taking fun jobs, things that, that seem interesting to me. And, and I'm lucky that I keep getting to work with cooler and cooler people and, and bigger and bigger names. And the hope is that. Uh, yeah, that one day I'll I'll get to be, you know, driving some of those movies uh, a bit more um, and not be, you know, popping in uh, in the smaller parts, but actually being uh, being the, the, the focus. That That is definitely a goal. All I'm saying is he turned the cross-eye stare into this. You have the dead-eye stare. So I'm saying... He has a good one, one too, yeah. Yeah, he's got the (laughs) cross-eye stare. Yours is the dead-eye stare that works on so many levels. So I'm saying you got got all the tools, Fortune. That's all I'm saying is you got all the tools. I love it. I'll take it. (laughs) And how much fun is it, just speaking of the podcast world, how much fun is it doing a podcast with your wife? Uh, it's great. I mean, you know, we we've been doing that one for a couple of years, and now we're branching off into uh, into other things. I do a a Netflix radio show with Tom Papa. That that takes up most of my time as far as podcasting, and I'm with him two hours a day, four days a week. And then I I just uh, announced a new podcast called Handsome with Tegan Taro and May Martin, and it's taken off like nothing we expected. We're seven episodes in. And already over a million downloads. So that one's going to be taking up uh, more and more time uh, moving forward, I think. Go ahead and crush my little podcast number. See if I care. 
<laughs> well, listen, I've never experienced that myself. We were like blown away. And we were like, whoa. <laughs> well, give your boy a shout out when you can. But there you you're, go. you're way too busy. Again, you can find Good Fortune on Netflix. And the show is October 21st, the Fox Theater in Oakland. I promised them I would get you in and out in 15 minutes. I'm going to make that happen. Well, so nice talking with you. I appreciate it. And I'm looking coming, looking forward to coming up there to the Bay Area. There you go. You've been here. And, and, and we'll try to have a snack table just as nice as they do at Pixar. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Fortune Feimster, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Thanks for joining us this week. If you love this episode, please subscribe, download a few more episodes, and please leave a review. Reviews really help us get this out to more people like you. Also, we'd love to hear what your favorite part was. Be sure to join us on social media to engage in even more unexpected conversations. Until next time. Until next time.